Oh, Scott Ritchie was missed on Monday. He had to skip the Illinois-Purdue game, opening the door for Colin Likas, who covered a doozy of a double overtime thriller. Illinois didn't come out on top, but it showed a lot in a valiant effort. Colin will break it down after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, I'm all out of sorts. It's not Monday morning, first of all. It's actually Tuesday afternoon. And it's not Scott Ritchie staring me down from across the podcast booth. It's, it's Colin Likas. Hello. <laughs> that's, the, that's Colin, who uh, many of you know as our award-winning do-it-all high school sports writer, our preps editor here at the News Gazette. Well, on Monday, he was forced into a little double duty. Mm-hmm. Got to cover the Illinois-Purdue game when Scott... Phoned in, said he couldn't make it. It was a good game to uh, to get to catch if it's the only one I get to cover all season, which seems likely, but you never know. Uh, I did get to do some of the Big Ten tournament last season, which was pretty fun. Um, yeah, if it's the only game I get to cover this season, picked a good one. That's probably going to wind up being a top 10, top 15 game in the entire nation for the regular season anyway. Uh, really good matchup. It's a shame the Illini couldn't close it out, but... A lot of positives to take away from that game. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News. I tell this to Richie every week. I covered Illinois when they were really good. <laughs> all right, back in the early 2000s. It's Ed Bond, our, our producer. He's the one making all the money in this podcast booth. He'll join us here. It'll be about 20 minutes of uh, looking back, looking ahead, talking about Colin, who this week will go from a sold-out State Farm Center on a National holiday to the Vermilion County mm-hmm. Girls Tournament. Which might be sold out. We don't know. You never I, know. <laughs> you never know. But, uh, yeah, Palm, Palmer Arena, slightly different venue. All right. Hockey boards are still up there, which uh, you're not going to see at State Farm Center. As Ed Bond will attest, he's received n- numerous threatening emails and tes- texts blaming you for the loss, Colin. Said, had yeah, Richie been courtside, no way does Illinois lose to Purdue. I, I didn't realize that Ed Bond's name was Bill Borowski or DJ <laughs> Karstensen because the, uh, the people I was listening to yesterday seemed far more upset with those individuals than with me. All right, a lot of ref uh, baiting, if you will, yes. afterward. Not happy with the goal. Did they have a, a valid uh, point? I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to, to look at the fact that Purdue didn't even manage to pick up 10 team fouls in the second half, and the second half included two five-minute overtimes. So I'm never going to be one to directly say the officials determined the outcome. There were things Illinois could have done better. But uh, you, you look at that discrepancy where, you know, Purdue didn't have 10 team fouls in the second half. They didn't pick up their first foul of the first half until there were eight minutes left, which is just in Big Ten play. I think that's almost impossible to achieve unless you're not guarding anyone. So it's certainly something to talk about, but uh, Brad Underwood didn't talk about it really after the game, more so in general terms. We gave up too many free throws. Kofi got into foul trouble, things like that. It wasn't blaming the refs. You you realize Illinois nearly won that game despite Kofi struggling through foul trouble, and you uh, take the good, take the bad, and move on. I will give Brad Underwood this. The man keeps his cool after games. 
losing the NCAA tournament as a one seed, he, was, he kept his cool. Mm-hmm. Lose after uh, um, after getting uh, bad calls all day long, he kept his cool. He could have blown his top. He is a professional coach. He, uh, he did a good job of trying to maintain his cool yesterday. There were times where he was standing right in front of us at the media table, and he had looks on his face like he was ready to flip something over or throw something, and he eventually just turned to uh, turned to just grinning or waving his hand away at the referee, saying, no, you don't know what you're talking about. But he, he eventually gave up on yelling because I think he realized in a game that that was, that was as close as that one, getting a technical foul and giving Purdue extra free throws wasn't going to solve anything. Tell me how the Andre Curbelo uh, back in the lineup routine played mm-hmm. out yesterday. When did you get a sense that he might be uh, taking the court, those yeah. type things? Yeah, it was really uh, really interesting. So we had some uh, pregame media availability with Myers Leonard, of course, about an hour before tip-off, uh, talking about his a lot of topics, but he was there ostensibly to talk about his $500,000 gift along with his wife to the Oven uh, Basketball Complex renovation. Um, but when we got out of that media availability, about 20 minutes later, all of a sudden, here's Andre Curbelo on the court in uniform, not in street clothes, in uniform, white shorts and uh, and uh, not, the, not the uniform top, but just a regular white shirt, uh, warming up, shooting baskets, shooting a lot of corner threes. He was really, he, I don't know if he even took a three-pointer during the game yesterday, but he was shooting a ton of corner threes. Um, yeah, so at that point you realize, okay, he hasn't been doing this for the last, what, 13 games I think he missed ultimately. Yeah, this is this is different. He's going to be available. And uh, what a game to, to throw him back into, especially when Brad Underwood said after the game he had planned to play him six to eight minutes, that he was in horrific shape. Didn't look like he was in horrific shape. Looked like he, he'd been practicing every day off to the side while he was out with his unspecified injury. Um, uh, the man gutted it out. Talking about Curbelo, of course, he gutted out that performance. Play at twenty six minutes, twenty points, six rebounds, three assists, no turnovers, uh, which is something fans have gotten on Andre Curbelo about in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, extreme, extremely impressive performance. If Illinois would have won slam dunk player of the game, Andre Curbelo, even though Alfonso Plummer led the team in points. So, yeah, really exciting. Uh, hopefully, Andre Curbelo's body holds up well because what happened last time was. You know, he missed a little time. They sent him back out there. His body didn't react well to whatever's going on, and he ended up sitting out even longer. So hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Hopefully he can play at Maryland and everything's totally fine moving forward. All right, Illinois, which moved up in the AP rankings. Mm -hmm. Scott Ritchie still voted. He did his due diligence. Uh, It depends on what happens Friday night now in Maryland, Mm -hmm. whether Illinois stays there. Certainly a loss to Purdue is probably not going to hurt your cause. No. Uh, But you lose to Maryland. And that hurts. Yeah, you lose to number four, Purdue, in double overtime. Yeah, that, that can't ding you too much. I mean, I guess if you have Illinois at number 25 or 24, then you're just going to drop them out of your poll just by default. But uh, if you got them, you know, right at 17, 16, 18, you're going to drop them to 20, 19, something like that. So, yeah, shouldn't hurt them too much. A loss to Maryland certainly would do a lot more damage. Uh, Illinois beat Maryland, but it wasn't that long ago when they did that at State Farm Center. It's hard to beat a team multiple times in a season, especially when games are really close together. And uh, Illinois is going to be coming into this, I imagine, at least a little tired, not just, you know, generally traveling all the way to Maryland. But I saw DeMonte Williams, Trent Frazier banged up during that game against Purdue, come up limping after, well, Frazier was limping. DeMonte was more so just seemed like he took a body shot, a gut shot maybe, uh, during the game. And uh, there's probably more bumps and bruises we're not even aware of. One plus side that might come out of Kofi Coburn 
not playing very much during this this loss to Purdue, at least he'll be relatively fresh against Maryland. And I'm guessing he's probably going to take out a lot of his frustration with what happened on Monday against the Terrapins. There's where you blame Richie. He did a big Sunday package kind of analyzing Kofi's position among the best players Mm -hmm. in the land and where he stands for player of the year voting. It's now he's kind of in a three-game maybe lull. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, I mean, this is I, – I described it in my notebook yesterday or in today's paper, I should say, as one of his least efficient, least effective games as an Illini. I don't know if it's his worst. I, I, Scott Ritchie would be able to better assess that than I would. But, um, yeah, this, this is not one you're going to want to chalk up on the highlight reel when trying to determine a player of the year. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Came against, again, fourth-ranked Purdue. In fact, it came against Zach Eady, who is – you know, he's about the, the same age, I guess, but he's comparatively Huge. thinner, taller, but thinner. You think he's not as hyped as Kofi Coburn. You thought Coburn maybe would be able to handle him a little better, and that's just not how it worked out. And uh, some fans will point to the way the game was officiated. He was not whistled for very many fouls while Coburn was. Um, it's just the way the game was called, and uh, Kofi was unable to adjust to it ultimately. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how Kofi responds to that, not only in the near future, but also when they play Purdue again in, in early February over in Indiana. All right, Colin Likas from Crown Point, mm-hmm. Indiana. I would consider that Purdue territory. Well, Sasha if Stefanovic, not Sasha, Sasha Stefanovic is a Crown Point graduate right. himself. So uh, I mentioned that on Twitter before the game that uh, we went to the same high school. He's younger than I am, obviously, so not, not really crossover there, but... He was uh, the guy I picked for player of the game, ultimately, because he had a really quiet first half. He was pretty much a non-factor in the first half. And then just hitting three-pointer after three-pointer in clutch situation. Uh, Brad Underwood called him elite after the game. Mm -hmm. That's how he described him. And uh, I don't know if that's totally fair. He had five of eight threes for most of his points. But, I mean, considering how clutch each one of those threes were, I guess it's a fair assessment. All right. Uh, Lost for Illinois, their first in Big Ten play. Uh, Mm -hmm. Still in the driver's seat, really. You look at Purdue, they've lost to Rutgers, they've lost to uh, Wisconsin, yep. so they've got two Big Ten losses already. And I know you're going to tell me Michigan State and Wisconsin are, are good, and I'll tell you they aren't nearly as good as Illinois or Purdue. So I, I still think Illinois is sitting pretty. Well, I mean, yeah, Michigan State and Wisconsin are good, Purdue's good, Illinois is good too, though. And I mean, regardless of whether or not you want to compare them, they're all good. Um, Wisconsin could play into a tie tonight uh, should frankly play into a tie tonight they they visit northwestern uh granted northwestern just beat michigan state so uh, nothing's off the table really but that's a game wisconsin certainly should be able to win so uh if they do win tonight then they will uh they will be tied with illinois at six and one atop the big 10 and uh yeah it's not the end of the world you know i was looking at the, the big 10 standings from last year only five of the 14 teams finished with single digit losses that means uh, that that means that uh, nine teams finish with ten or more losses in Big Ten play. Um, obviously, you don't want to pile up a ton of losses, but you can win the Big Ten with three or four losses. Michigan ultimately won it with three last season, or depending on who you talk to, Illinois won it with four. Um, so that's that's kind of maybe the golden number three, four. If you want to get really risky, maybe five. Uh, so losing one and having it be to the fourth-ranked team in the nation, not the end of the world. Have you ever been to the Casey's in Eureka, Illinois? Colin I've Lucas? probably driven by it, but I've never been there, no. Okay. I, I mean, I've tr- crisscrossed all over the state for high school stuff. Okay, I'm just checking. Is, is, is there the, any reason? No, nope, just the part of the podcast where I'm, I'm paid handsomely by the ah. Chamber of Commerce in Eureka <laughs> to say nice things about, about the Eureka. home of Scott Ritchie. And uh, there, I just did it. And... Uh, 
we'll move on. How about that? <laughs> have you ever driven to the Casey's in Ontario, Canada? I don't know if they have it there, but that's where Zach Eady's from. So I'm just throwing a random plug for places that people are Zach from now. Zach Eady's uh, progression from freshman to sophomore year is, uh, has been remarkable. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, he's skinny, but he, boy, he's about twice the size he was a year ago. Yeah, and he's uh, he's clearly got a bit of, a, I don't know if mean streak's the right word, but uh, you could see his aggression on the court yesterday, you know, whenever – he had to go up for a block or whenever he had to contest Kofi Coburn one-on-one. If it was a play where there was a whistle afterward and there was a stoppage, the look on his face was very much, this is my paint, I'm going to control this. Uh, it's probably something that Kofi paid attention to because Kofi's got that vibe as well. It's usually his paint. He's the one who controls it. So you put two alpha males in there together. Uh, it's usually a good recipe for a good battle. It was early on. Kofi's foul trouble prevented it from being a good battle longer. That's, again, why I'm really excited about the the February rematch over at Mackey Arena because uh, Edie's going to have the crowd behind him uh, at Mackey and uh, seeing how Kofi responds to that, plus being being bodied pretty well by Edie in the first game should be interesting. All right, tell me as a... um you know, uh, uh, maybe a part-time Illinois basketball uh, beat writer. Mm-hmm. What the fans may not know about that experience as a journalist that goes to cover a Big Ten showdown. That I, as much as I enjoy watching Illinois basketball, they are a really fun team. I will say that I'm not a fan of the team. <laughs> I think I think you should say that for Scott Ritchie as well. It's not that I don't like Illinois. It's that I'm not allowed to be a subjective fan of the team. So we'll get that out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, just that it, it's, it can be a little intimidating, but also I've, I've covered enough uh, events for Illinois in all different sports, football as well, um, just to know that uh, you, know, you, 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 you do your research beforehand. You pay attention to what people like Scott Ritchie and what other beat writers have done, get a, get a good vibe, a good feel for what, what's going on within a program and jump right in. Uh, it's not jumping in blind. You know, I, I'd like to think I have good knowledge of sports in general and then as well as the Illinois side of whatever sport I might be covering. So hopefully it's not too far of a drop-off from my su- or from Scott Ritchie to myself anyway. Ed Bond would tell you the food's really good at State Farm Center. Yeah. Uh, he's a big fan both at Memorial Stadium and at State Farm Center. They treat you right. They treat the media right. Mm-hmm. Um Colin was joined by Bob Osmussen yesterday by Jay Simpson. How about that? He writes a column for the News Gazette. Mm-hmm. And in Wednesday's print editions, he'll tell you the difference of being a Purdue basketball player and then flipping it as a journalist covering the game uh, as a former athlete. Weird stuff. Yeah, covering the game as a former athlete. I can't imagine what that experience is like. You know, you. You look at people who who do it in all different ways. You look at a guy like, and I'm going older school here, but he's still relevant. You look at a guy like Bill Walton who covered, who played college basketball so long ago. We're talking about back in the what late '60s, early '70s, yep. uh, sometime around there. Obviously, he's more well known by younger crowds now for saying insane things on on uh, West Coast podcast or West Coast uh, broadcasts of games. But uh, yeah, you look at the ways people can jump back into the game and kind of keep themselves uh, keep themselves immersed in the sport. Uh, it's cool that Jay has the opportunity to, to, to do that, especially when Purdue basketball is playing as well as it is right now, um, and especially when Illinois basketball is playing as well as it is right now. Any insight he may have about his playing experiences that he can translate over to, to what's going on at Illinois I think is really interesting. Uh, listening to Myers Leonard talk yesterday and talk about Kofi Coburn, 
and how he thinks his skill can translate to the NBA level. That's something that I think is uh, it, it's worthwhile and uh, helpful to, to listen to that, not only to people like Kofi and to people who are actually athletes right now, but also to those of us in the sports world who are just trying to get a better you know, understanding and a better feel for, for how, how things work in this sport. All right. You, funny you bring up Bill Walton. There are four games, and maybe Ed can either shake his head or nod it, mm-hmm. that uh, when you talk about refereeing and how it has influenced the outcome, mm-hmm. one involves Bill Walton. That would be the, uh, the elite game, the elite eight game between Arizona and Illinois back in the early two th- mm-hmm. 2000s when Bill was on the call. His mm-hmm. son was playing for Arizona, and Illinois was uh, whistled roughly for 7,000 fouls that game. I'm not right. sure. I'd have to look that up. Right. Back in the 80s, Illinois went down to Kentucky – before uh, there was a rule that this led to the rule where you can't play your your NCAA tournament games on your home court because Illinois got the shaft. That's a good rule in the corner in Lexington. Third game was the championship game, right mm-hmm. when uh, James Augustine uh, picked up all those fouls real quick uh, in the loss to North Carolina, and then the Purdue game. I think <laughs> it is that talked about. Maybe it won't come out to fruition like this, but maybe at the end of the year we are still talking about. Uh, the Colts. If it's the only game that Illinois ends up losing in Big Ten play, then nobody will ever hear about it ever again because it won't be relevant. But uh, yeah, right now it certainly certainly is relevant. Um, and uh, Bo Borowski obviously is the one guy who everybody looks at uh, whenever Scott Ritchie puts his name out on Twitter mm-hmm. as being part of the officiating crew for an Illinois game. Fans, uh, I think, if they're of a certain age, tend to grab another beer or another spirit or something like that because they're prepared to be stressed out during the course of the game by the calls that uh, Borowski makes. But And I, I was thinking about it during the game, you know, as I'm listening to the Orange Crush right behind me, and uh, fans are obviously laying into the three-man officiating crew throughout the course of the game, regardless of what was happening. I think about this, that this isn't the only job any of these guys have. It's not like they just sit at home and wait for Big Ten games or NCAA tournament games to happen. Uh, that's, not a, that's not a sustainable uh, way to live, I would imagine, just being a referee. Uh, these people have other jobs, and I, I can't imagine what it's like when they go back to their full-time jobs and they have the voices of people screaming at them and insulting them in their heads all day. It's a it's a thankless job that uh, unfortunately has a uh, there's no chance you can be 100% accurate in. But uh, I guess it's uh, I guess it's just an interesting insight into a different. Uh, different side of basketball it sounds like the news gazette newsroom screaming <laughs> yelling anger all those no. emotions playing out on a daily basis we we, we have a we have probably <laughs> one of the more i would say pleasant upbeat newsrooms based on you know things i've heard about you know how loud and boisterous other places can be i think we uh i think we have a nice nice calm tone relatively speaking which is a good thing did you do your christmas shopping at rural king this will be my last scott Ritchie reference of the <laughs> Uh, I did my Christmas shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond because you can find anything at Bed Bath & Beyond. I think that Adam Sandler movie click showed you you can find literally anything. Hey, I'm not going to let you out of here without uh, uh, tapping on your high school expertise. Mm-hmm. You, again, you cover uh, Jalen Quinn and Ty Pence on yeah. a daily basis. You brought them into the newsroom for an in-depth feature. <laughs> we know Jalen Quinn <laughs> yeah. committed to Loyola, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I'm going to start with him, though. Kay. Was there ever any interest with Illinois? And we brought those two in for a feature for a game that ended up getting canceled because the roads were icy. I'm still a little sad about that. Uh, getting on to the, your actual question, though, 
Jalen didn't have an official offer from Illinois at any point. I believe he might have taken a visit or two. I don't know if they were official or unofficial. I'm thinking unofficial because they were definitely when he was on the younger side. Um, so I don't know if that interest was legit or not. This was very early on. It would have been very early on in Brad Underwood's tenure. Uh, maybe there was some knowledge or interest from the John Gross camp before Underwood got uh, here because Jalen Quinn was a known commodity as a 7th and 8th grader. Scott Richard wrote a story about Jalen before he even played a high school game. So I, I'm guessing the John Gross camp was probably well aware of him. Brad Underwood's camp, I, I know he definitely spent some time on campus while Underwood's been here. I don't know how big the connection was as far as that goes. Um, Ty Pence was at yesterday's game. Um, Ty Rogers was there as well, the the recent Illinois signee out of uh, Thornton. Um, but uh, Ty Pence was at that game, St. Joseph Ogden Jr. Um, he does have an offer from Illinois. There is definitely real interest there. He's definitely got the athleticism and the skills, I think, to play at the high major level. Uh, the body definitely has some growing into for him, I think, and I would, I would imagine he would say the same thing, but that's something you can at least work on. It's, it's harder to teach, you know, in-game fundamentals and things of that nature, but te- teaching how to grow a body, you know, you can get an Adam Fletcher on that, no problem. Uh, so I, I think there's definitely a connection there. Um, there's also a connection between Ty Pence and Jalen Quinn as far as Quinn's going to Loyola, as you mentioned, and Ty Pence has an offer from Loyola, too, and the two are very close friends. So does that connection play in and they just end up playing at Loyola together? Well, we'll see, but uh, it would be really fun if we could get a, a St. Joe kid on the Illinois basketball roster. We've got a few local kids on the Illinois football roster, and we know how fun that is, but obviously the basketball roster is so much smaller, it's so much harder find a home on it that would be really cool if ty pence is part of that you spent time at, with ty rogers as well mm-hmm. uh earlier this season for a big he's story huge. around the news is that <laughs> he's a big kid <laughs> he does not have to worry about growing into his body no no he was uh he was part i'm guessing partially blessed being born as a bigger guy and probably has also worked at it really hard uh i know he's uh he's gone through a few different schools and uh has gone through some rigorous aau uh, workouts. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a little bit of a combination of both. And fans are really excited about him. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does because he s- sounded, when I talked to him, like he had all the confidence in the world. And obviously, he's kind of got the body already. Uh, just got to make that transition from uh, high level high school to high level college. All right, Colin, like us, tell uh, our rabid Illini listeners how to follow you and uh, your fine work. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at CLikusNG. I am on Twitter pretty much always. Uh, share my stuff on there. Share my stuff through the uh, Line HQ Facebook and Twitter accounts, as well as the NG Preps Twitter and Facebook accounts. So uh, that's how you follow along with me. I know I picked up uh, some followers yesterday, and uh, you just have to be aware that most of the stuff that comes from my account is high school-themed and not Illinois-themed, but... You know, whenever it's relevant or whenever I'm chipping in for Scott or Bob Osmussen or Matt Daniels, then I will uh, I will have some Illinois stuff for you. All right. You're an up-and-comer, Colin. Can we still call you an up-and-comer? You've been here. Uh, you've been I'm, coming I'm not, a long time. I'm not, I'm not 30 yet, so until I turn 30 <laughs> in April, I guess you, I guess you can. Yes. Oh, we're glad to have you. Uh, anybody who knows of Colin's work ethic is, uh, has to be impressed. I know Ed Bond is as well. And uh, looking forward to more coverage uh, on the Illinois Beat. And, uh, of course, from the high school beat, and when Ty Pence commits to Illinois, <laughs> you'll break that story. Uh, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if Richie's back next week from his suspension. Oh, should I say that? <laughs> no, it's not a suspension. Scott's taking some time off. We will gladly welcome him back into the podcast booth next week. Until then, see you, Colin.